This podcast is brought to you by Zeno Mueller, three-time Olympian and gold medalist. Imagine a 20-second 2K PR by the end of this season, or even sooner. Elite rowing coach by Zeno Mueller is a competitive advantage. The ERG score is the SAT of rowing, so find out what Zeno Mueller can do for you. Make sure to use coupon 4STARS, F-O-R-S-T-A-R-S, for $200 off on any program he has on his website. Zeno is an Olympian and graduate from Brown University, coached by the legendary Steve Gladstone. He'll get you right, he'll get your 2K down, and he'll be a better athlete after his training. So make sure you tune in with Zeno and get some coaching at EliteRowingCoach.com. On tonight's program, ladies and gentlemen, we have something that's going to make you sick. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Four Stars Podcast, where today we get to hear from the man, Paul Cook, head coach at Brown. He's entering his 23rd season as head coach for the Bruno and 30th season as a coach at Brown in total. Coach Paul, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thanks. That sounds like a long time. Hey, I mean, you've, you've been a coach for longer than I've been alive, but uh, you know what? <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, a lot of people reached out and said, like, you got to get Coach Paul on the podcast. I said, all right, I'm doing my business. Reached out. Here we are. The entire season this year coming up, right? So upcoming races. If you can dive deep into those, that'd be great. Sure. First of all, just thanks for having me. And and uh, you know, appreciate the work that you're doing to to get information out and get the, the message out from different coaches and athletes just about how we do our sport. But uh, to get to this year coming up, I would say that the competitive landscape over the last number of years. I mean, it always does in sports. It keeps going up and, and you're, you're constantly trying to figure out, you know, what, what's working, what's not working, how can we do things better and, and how can we uh, rise to the next level or, or, or win this race or, or do well this competition. And uh, yeah, I, I would say that it's, it's too early to tell, for, for me or anyone else, I would imagine what's going to unfold in the coming year. And uh, you just have to, to focus in on what you can do and to try to get the best vision you can of how does this group particularly develop in the right way? What can I do to adjust what I was thinking coming into the season to what I'm seeing? Uh, how can I have the people in the, in the program play roles where they get the most out of themselves and their teammates. I think that's a big part of it is who's going to be able to push this team forward in the right way. And, and how can I support those people in doing so? And then, you know, if you do all those things, well, the, the results will start coming and, and the training will be good. And, you know, oftentimes we find that the spirit of the team really comes through, whether you're running hills in the old days or whether you're on the ergometer or in the weight room, wherever it is, it's exciting to see the team start to work together and come together. And when you do those things, the season starts to take care of itself most of the time. And then you then you adjust and fight and crawl your way to the front of the race as best you can. As well stated there, Coach, I wanted to ask you a question about team culture and how important that is to you. Something that people talk about a lot and what does team culture mean and how do you define it and what does it look like for us? And 
sometimes we try to just make it as simple as, well, can we just get everyone to come down to the boathouse and have a good workout? And, and if we do that, we're probably going to have good team culture. And the more, the more times you come down to the boathouse and you feel like you have a good experience, you get a little better, you, you, you go faster, you find something that you, that you, you can do better as a teammate or, or on the water. That to me is, is really the most basic team culture we look for. And, you know, as long as people want to add to that and, and want to bring energy to the team and, and, and help the, the overall group, the squad do that, you know, that's, that's going to add to team culture. And when people don't, when people make it more difficult or when they make it seem like it's a chore or when it seems like it's, I, I don't know when they're, you know, who could, who knows what reason they'll come up with, but if they're, if they make it, so it's difficult to do those workouts or difficult to improve then, you know, we try to address that and figure out a way where we can make sure that nothing gets interrupted in terms of the, what the team can do better or that we address whatever issue comes up that, that seems to be getting in the way. That's awesome. In terms of the best way to execute practice, how would you say like your typical day in the life of coaches prepping for practice, talking to your assistant coaches, coach Scott, Rufus, how is that? for you each day? Well, there's so many things that, that go into the day and sometimes you can get pretty far into the day and realize, man, I got to get ready for practice because we've been working on this or that or the other thing, which you know, have to do because you're looking at the long-term success of the program. So you have to have a vision for what's, what's coming in the future and how you're going to get there. But uh, it is a great thing that every day or, you know, five or six days a week, you're confronted with the fact that you've got to deal with it right now and that there's not something in the future that you got to work on. It's really the present. And what a, what a joy that is that two or three hours, three hours out of your day, you know, you can really devote to uh, what's happening here, what's happening with our athletes, what's happening on the water and, and how are we going to, how are we going to put these things together? I've really been pleased with this coaching staff. I think uh, Rufus and Scott have done a great job of, of bringing their ideas to the table, but also really wanting to incorporate their experiences with what we've we've done here at Brown and, and what our vision is, which is constantly changing. As I said before, you're always trying to figure out what can you do better, but most of it comes down to, okay, what, what does the team need at this moment? You know, we have a general plan usually for what's going on, but you have to think about the weather. The Seekonk will tell you whether you can do certain things or not on certain days. So you have to be aware of just what the waterway will allow. You have to be aware of, okay, you know, is anything going on? You know, is there someone who's out of practice for some reason? So we have to change this person into this, into this setup. Generally, we're trying to figure out a way to put two eights or three eights next to each other and, and have them test themselves against each other. That's where we feel like most of the learning comes from is by competing against your fellow athletes and trying to figure out how to make the boat go faster when you're next to someone who's of a similar speed. Those are, those are the times where we find the athletes will rise up and, and do something better than they've done before and learn how to do that. And then hopefully maintain that and hold that as their new standard. So that's, that's usually what we're trying to do when we're designing practice for a given afternoon. Zen and Bob Rye was my coach uh, at, at Brown. He's my freshman coach and 
I think all the coaches that I've had have influenced my thinking and, and influenced the way that we do things here and some of them more than others. He was someone who I really liked the way he looked at things pragmatically. I think it's from coming from the, the Eastern European sports programs. You know, it was, it was very, very straightforward and simple what you're trying to achieve. It wasn't a whole lot of rah, rah, or, or like, we're going to do it because we're Americans or we're going to, you know, we're going to win this because we're tougher than everyone else. It was more just about, okay, can we do the simple things that you need to do as an athlete to get better and then focus on the things that, whether it's physiological or technical that make the boat go fast. So it was very pragmatic and, and yeah, that's, that's something that you want to be able to, you don't want to be able to do things, not just on emotion all the time. So it's good to remember that. Yeah. He had a great career as a coach. Just originally didn't want to be a coach. Then he figured out that maybe he should. And, and, you know, one thing came to another and became coach at this program, this program. So he definitely made an impact in college athletics for sure. With the new movie in the coming out boys in the boat, how excited are you for that? If you are excited for it? Yeah, definitely excited. I mean, the, the only problem, of course, is when you read a book and you think it's an awesome book and then you hear it's going to be turned into a movie. It's a little nerve wracking because is it going to meet your vision of what you've seen in your mind when you've read the book? So I have a little bit of that, but I'm super excited to see it put in film. And, and uh, you know, what a great story about just what it takes to be a college athlete. A lot of it, of it's still true. I think it's, of course, a different era, but many of the things in the book are so relatable to what is going on now. It's just a, a wonderful story. I, I, I read the book Unbroken, which I thought was also a great book about a, a long distance runner, I'll say, uh, who also went to the Olympics at that time, which was an, ama an amazing story. But I found uh, the boys in the boat to be so relatable, to be something that you could really imagine in, in that being in that in that guy's shoes, Joe Rance's shoes. And um, so I'm really excited to see how they put that in film. Hopefully George Clooney can come in clutch, you know? What varsity eight boat took the longest to structure out of the years coaching at Brown? So like the boat to form before IRAs. We've had quite a few that have have uh, evolved over the course of the springtime. And I would say that it's more normal than not normal to see some kind of evolution happened during the course of the spring course of the spring we have had some crews that have really stayed together and and started the season strong and then stayed strong all the way through and that's that's really fun to be part of and you as a coach you can feel like you can you can work on getting the little things right and and little you can work on the strategies you're not shifting things around too much so you can you can make small adjustments and, and have them really pay off but there are a lot of times when the the competitiveness in the boathouse is such that you know you're you get a lot out of trying personnel in different situations different places in the boat and and trying to figure out okay wow this guy's really like people aren't static so over the course of two or three months some people get better you know and and when they do it's it's exciting to be able to give someone an opportunity, especially when the team needs it. You know, if we've lost a race and, and someone seems like they're really coming on strong, can we have that person make a difference in the team? And I think that gives the whole team a sense of excitement and, and, and a sense that, hey, it really matters what I'm doing here 
in the 4V, the 3V, the 2V, wherever, 5V. And, I, you know, I might get the chance to, to, to get a new role and play a bigger part over the course of the season. So we've had a lot of crews that have done that. I think probably the 09 crews where we had a lot of success, especially the Eastern Sprints. The races on, on Wednesdays were often more exciting than the races on Saturdays. Those crews really went for it, and they were almost inseparable. And so you would you would you would have the varsity win by four or five seats on on Wednesday, and it would be a bigger margin on on Saturday. Oh my gosh! I wish I was there to see that. That'd have been awesome. The athletes nowadays, you said the '09 crew is just different. Like the tenacity that they had. You notice the difference in athletes just along the years that you've been coaching. Just changing in mentality or mindset or work ethic or competitiveness, anything like that. I'm sure there's some differences. I, you know, I think. I, obviously there's different ways of communicating now than there were, but to me, I would say that those differences are overrated in general, that most of the athletes that I've worked with have very similar characteristics and the fundamental competitiveness, the fundamental desire to the will to win, the willingness to compete, to train, to fight, to race, I, I don't think those things have changed very much over time. So I, I think as a coach, you try to tap into those like very fundamental emotions, those very fundamental traits and, fun, and ways of doing things that have worked since the boys in the boat. And, and you try to apply those, yes, with some differences, but most of those, it's, you know, you, you're not going to change that sense of the heart of the team or a great competitor, those things I, I think are, are very much the same now as they were 20 years ago or 50 years ago. That's a good take on it, I would say. Head of the Charles is coming up, prepping for that. What's that been like for you and your team? Yeah, you always have to balance the, the long, long view with the short view when it comes to the head of the Charles. We've really enjoyed the race over the years. I, I, we've had good success there and the athletes get super excited for the competition. There's a great crowd. You don't always get to row in front of so many people. So you really feel valued as an athlete, I think, and, and get that sense of celebration and recognition of, of the sport. So, so I, I, I really do like that about the head of the Charles. And uh, so we're, we're working hard to get ourselves ready for it. And I think the team will, will stand up tall as they often do. And, and they'll race, they'll race hard and they'll race well. You know, what's so funny is that your alumni, Legonzowski is racing in the champ single this year from CRC. Uh, he's definitely going to use those uh, traits that you taught him as an athlete at Brown into his training. I think this, uh, this fall. So I'm excited to see how he does. He just came off the world championship in the quad. Your reaction to that, just seeing him do, you know, follow through with his dream of going on the national team. As a coach, what are your thoughts with that? Anytime one of our athletes goes on to race internationally, it's a, it's, uh, it's mostly just a thrill to watch, and and of course you uh, admire what they what they're doing. They're taking it to the next level. They're taking hopefully the lessons they learned at Brown and applying them and and learning more and and coming back and telling us what happened and what what, what was different and. And, and what that was all like. So it's it's mostly just a huge amount of curiosity and support and cheering them on when when someone goes on and rows internationally like that. And uh, you know, I still I still have those dreams like anyone else does of racing, yeah, racing in the biggest competitions 
and the, the you know the Olympic Games, World Championships. Those are always moments that you you dream about and aspire to. So it's it's exciting to be able to share in them. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Jack to Giovanni, man, just doing his thing. You know, just completely. What is it? U.S. Rowing Male Athlete of the Year on twenty three group. That's fantastic. Uh, both Will and Jack been on the show, and I just I can't say how awesome. I mean, those podcasts were with them. They just complete just true athletes and want to learn more about the sport and compete. And they're just, you know, great people. So shout out to those two athletes that have been doing their thing at Brown. And then also the alumni at Brown, I think is one to none. My sponsor, Zeno Mueller, you know, Olympian, Hall of Famer at Brown. Any interactions that you've had with Zeno that have made you love rowing even more? I mean, he's taught me so much. Well, we just had the 93 crew back here intact uh, last June and they went out for a row and it was it was really exciting to see those guys and Rufus and Scott were were both in the launch and they were like wow those guys got going after about you know six or seven strokes off the dock you could see the rhythm was there the boat was moving those are the heroes you always it's always great to have heroes at at any place but those are our brown heroes and and we look up to them and and aspire to do what what those guys did and Again, it's just been exciting to follow their progress. And Zeno, you know, Zeno specifically, his race in the single in Atlanta, I think is one of the most exciting races you'll ever watch. And to know the program he was part of and and what he did at Brown and, and, and how he did his preparation for those those Olympic Games, to have an insight into what he had done in the years beforehand and how that had been somewhat shaped you know just part of, at least part of his experience shaped here at brown you know that that's that's awesome and and uh you, you never get tired of watching that race i pull it up all the time i was just watching i think it was two weeks ago i watched it and it just gives me chills just seeing him just do his thing and, and win across that finish line oh my gosh a couple questions here and then we'll get into our q a uh recruitment at brown is different than other schools obviously it's an ivy league school and before i get into this i just wanted to say congrats on being the 2022 heavyweight coach of the year for the Ivy league. That's fantastic. When you received that award, what was going through your mind at that time? I mean, I really appreciated getting recognized. I was pleased with the way the season had come through at the, especially at the end of the season, we had a lot of crews really step up the energy and ability of the, of the crews to peak at the right time was, was really strong. I felt like we still left something on the table because we didn't win the, win the championship so i appreciated the award very much it was great to be recognized but it did this did still feel like we we have another you know stone to turn totally you can never stop you have to always keep going the impact of gb assistant coaches on the team now you mentioned Scotty cockle and rufus biggs rufus was an alum at brown so you were coaching him and then he became a coach so that's awesome too well i coached lightweights way back and a long time ago and at cornell and there was this thing about whether guys were better, whether they were recruited to row before, whether they were walk-on novice athletes. And we used to have conversations about which one was, you know, who was going to be better. And the same thing has sort of happened with international athletes versus U.S. athletes, U.S. coaches, British coaches, coaches from Poland like Zen and Babrai. You know, what I think is that when you find good people, you have good people. And so it doesn't really matter too much where they come from or how they get there. Um, you know, whether you have British coaches, American coaches or coaches from any country in the world, it comes down to the people and working within working together in a, in a system that 
helps people get better. And I think that's what those guys are doing. And I'm, I'm really pleased that they're on board. I think they do have both experience in British rowing, which is arguably, you know, one of the stronger or, or the strongest uh, rowing programs in the world right now. So having that, that insight is valuable, but the personal side and the just finding the right, the right people is to me, the more important of the, of the two. I think that Scott does a great job of highlighting the team itself through social media increase on the team has gone absolutely on like it's unreal. Uh, Scott had a video that went over a million views. That's like, you think about rowing, you don't really see that often the attention that you see in rowing, you know? And so for him to have a video like that, getting over a million views for one of the guys in your squad, to look over and get ready for a, you know, a piece like that. It's just, it's unreal. When you heard about that, what were you thinking? Like, Scott has some magic, or maybe he found the a- algorithm or something. Well, he's got he's got a lot of talents, and uh, and that's that's one of them. And it is really fun to to work with him to create messages that we feel like represent the team, show what what the team is all about, and 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 also just our cool images or 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 cool videos or 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 a, have some kind of cool statement involved. And um, I don't I don't mean to say I have a huge influence, but I do like working with them on it a lot. And I, I think it's made a difference for the team. I think they feel like they get they get represented and recognized in, in a way that is exciting. Uh, you know, I, you have to be careful of of trying to do things just so they look cool uh, rather than actually being fast. Um, and I think that we try to stick to that as well as we can. And you don't want to get overly conscious about the wrong thing. But, you know, when you can tell a story and you can tell that story through images and sound or whatever it is, it's it's exciting to tell the story. And, and we're happy that that the athletes here have been able to to get some recognition that way. I mean, uh, there's a video of uh, of VJ in the coxswain seat at Henley that's like been so fun to, to see VJ get that kind of airplay i guess he came from i think it was malvern prep right was that where he came from and then he, he came from yeah we i mean we talked to 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 bj before uh before he arrived at brown i, I wouldn't say he was entirely uh an unknown quantity we were excited about he wrote me a great letter actually when he was uh looking at brown about one of his former teammates who went on to be the u.s coxswain and how he wanted to follow in his footsteps so uh, so VJ, VJ, I think is a really terrific guy. And, and I, I've en- enjoyed talking to him before he came to Brown and, and he's done a great job here and so fun to see him in that video. Yeah. I mean, you got also got Elena as well who's coming in in Greenwich after a great career. She's and, you know, done great stuff. So again, great coxswains, Jack's great coxswain. I mean, you got great cox all around. So, I mean, you're lucky with that. And I'm sure that Scott definitely has an interesting way of choosing the coxswains, you know, as a coxswain himself. Uh, do you think that social media on the team has influenced recruiting at all? Yeah, I do. It's one of those things like having a, a good facility or, you know, a nice uniform. It's it's a way that you can express that the details of the program are paid attention to. So if we can somehow get the message out there that, you know, we, we like to do th- things the right way, we try to pay attention to detail, this is what... This is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing there. And we can get somebody from around the country or, or wherever to, to, to view that and say, hey, there's something going on at Brown that I want to pay attention to. 
that that's that's a great way for us to start the conversation about coming to Brown. When recruiting coxswains, what are some red and green flags? Well, first of all, you know, it's always hard recruiting coxswains with the, with less metrics. So, you know, we usually try to look for the, the coxswain who's the top coxswain in their program or the year younger and they're hopefully going to be the top coxswain in their program. But uh, a lot of it is uh, conversations, recordings, and just getting to, to meet people and 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 making sure that you you know that they're someone who will enjoy being part of the program to really invest themselves completely and and have that competitive drive. Of course, it's important to, to we've had some coxswains grow out of being coxswain size, so that's that's something that we just try to keep the person interested and ourselves aware of. Mostly, it just comes down to that compet that person is a great competitor, understands boats and understands steering. That's that's what you're looking for. Who have you been most inspired by as a coach and who has influenced you most as a coach? I, I am inspired by a lot of the athletes that we've had over the years. Those you you learn a lot from the athletes, the ones who have that sense of maturity or composure at key moments, the ones who go the extra mile when you thought that you'd already asked for the extra mile. Those athletes are probably the ones who've influenced me the most. And uh, I would also say that my own coaches, I had done in Barbara with my freshman coach. I was coached by Rich Davis at St. Paul's School, along with Chip Campbell and and also uh, Steve Gladstone, of course, at Brown. Yeah, those are another names. Talking to Zeno about Coach you know, Steve Gladstone, having both of them on the podcast, you know, independently and whatnot. But one of the things that Coach Steve did talk about was importance drills are, you know, to the team. So what is your favorite rowing drill? That's a good question. It depends on the crew, honestly. You don't know necessarily what's going to make the biggest difference for a given team or a given set of athletes. But yeah, I've actually been working a lot just on on trying to get the hands on the handle right. We've been doing a fair amount of like uh, just taking the inside hand off the handle on the recovery sometimes and and just trying to get the inside hand only rowing to be good. So uh, just trying to get the grip on the handle right has been something that I've been working on a lot lately. I've enjoyed that. The big personalities that you've had in the team, has that influenced you? Oh, yeah. I mean, the personalities are, are really what drives the team most of the time. And the sense of humor that you have at the boathouse, that's what fuels everybody when things are, are challenging, working hard, everything like that. So I don't think there's much more important than having the people and the personalities you know, some of them are very quiet, of course. So there's all, you know, when you say big personalities, sometimes they're big in a quiet way. So it, it's it's not always the people that are the most boisterous. I, I like having a combination of personalities. I think everybody can bring something to the team. And and some are, some are the most thoughtful people you've ever talked to. And you're like, man, I can't believe that that person came up with that idea. That's such a great idea. Some people are just completely driven and 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 push everybody by by example so there's so many different ways that personalities can can make a difference and we uh we certainly feel like that's at the very highest value of the team is is uh getting everybody to express their own personality in racing do rowers bring up ideas about coaching technique or psychological tricks or ideas yeah definitely uh you know i like i said we've learned a lot from the athletes over the years in, in all different ways. And 
I think one of the best ways you can teach someone to row is to have the person who really does, if you, if you know what you're looking for and you can put that person in the boat somewhere where they they can have a big effect and everyone can feel it or see it or, or, or watch it, you could do some drill, but if you have the boat already rowing in a certain way and you put someone who doesn't understand it in that boat, that's the best way to teach them. It doesn't matter what drill you're doing. You could just be rowing. So it's uh, it's being able to 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 have people lead by example is probably the best way of learning how to row. If you could change or add something to crew that would make it more spectator friendly, what would it be? Well, I think we can do better with the the events, the things around the competition. I mean, the IRA is such a great race right now. It has been for a long time, and I, I'm sure you, know, you can make arguments that there's other races that are just as good or better. But the IRA semifinals, finals, uh, the whole competition has to be one of the best rowing regattas in the world. I think we could learn things from other regattas in terms of spectator being spectator friendly, doing things uh, with social media and, and online. The IRAs work very hard to do those things and, and they've had a lot of success with it, but certainly that's a place where we could keep growing. All right. Any like specific events they think could be interesting or could propel people to want to watch it more or anything like that? That's a good question. You know, the, one of the reasons that made the head of the Charles is successful is right close to downtown Boston. Can you put the race in front of people more, you know, because sometimes you're doing a race that's in the middle of, you know, it's a lot, it takes a long time to get there. Is there a way that we can put more races right front and center in, ur in either urban settings or close to them? I think that finding those venues would be really, could, could be helpful. I'm trying to think here. Oh, we do have a question. I don't know who it's from. Wink, wink. Favorite athlete from classes from 2023 named Will. Uh, <laughs> uh, Typical. Uh, I have, yeah, I wonder, I, 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 let me think about that one for a moment. Um, yeah, that, that, that guy's one of a kind and, uh, always brings great energy. When someone's feeling down or, or low, how much, how often do you check? Are you checking in with your athletes throughout like this season? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And, you know, I think we check in with them every day one way or another. I mean, at least you just, you know, when you walk into the weight room or you walk into practice, you're always looking around, just making sure everyone's there. Uh, you notice pretty quickly when someone's late or when someone's not not there. So that's the first big warning sign. If someone's not at practice, what's going on? But uh, of course, you can go through practice and you can go through the day and, and uh, not show that something's happening or you're not doing well in school. And, and it can be really hard for a coach to recognize that or know that. So I generally do my best to, to stay tuned in to to the whole squad to try to figure out, you know, is there something going on that I might, might be missing? But I, I think most of that just comes down, comes down in our program, at least to brief check-ins really regularly. How's it going? You know, just having people come in the office or, or just walking around before practice and having small conversations, just seeing if you can notice, uh, is there, is there anything up that, that I need to be aware of? We actually do have, I would say, more resources now at Brown than we've ever had before in terms of basically everything in involving wellness for student athletes. So that's exciting and something that we're getting better and better at and have more people and in, in positions in the athletic department to help us. What do you think is the most important part of rowing stroke? Well, you know, picking up the weight of the boat at the front of the stroke together, is, I think the most important, but uh, you know, you miss you miss any part of the rowing stroke significantly, you're going to run into trouble. So you got to you really, you know, it is really a holistic movement, and and one thing leads to the next. 
So yeah, if you have any any big deficiency, you're, you're gonna you're gonna run into problems with someone who doesn't. But but I think getting the front end of the stroke right is is usually the hardest and 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 the most impactful thing that you can get right. All right, Mr. Cook. Well, thank you for hopping on the Four Charge podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you, and I'm wishing you and your team the best season this year. Hopefully, go out there and do some do some big things. You know, so go Bruno. Thanks a lot, Hudson. Appreciate it.